the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour. Um, normally, I'd say we were live for the next hour with your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Uh, but tonight, Dr. Buckner is away, and uh, he's asked me to kind of step into the hot seat tonight to bring you a special message. We definitely invite you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. And any questions that we can't answer tonight, we'll just save those for Dr. Buckner until he returns. So our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. So don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, in the midst of our day-to-day routines of work, school, and home life, we encounter people of all shapes, sizes, and colors. People from different countries and cultures, many of whom are a joy to be around. However, from time to time, we encounter certain people who, not unlike sandpaper, rub us the wrong way. In fact, many of us would rather pet a porcupine than be in the same room with them. The truth of the matter is that life is full of difficult people. The question then becomes, as a Christian, how do I love the unlovable? Well, for the answer to this question and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Well, as I mentioned earlier, Dr. Buckner is away this week, and uh, he asked me to prepare a message to to get into the hot seat, if you please. Um, This week, um, we're going to have a live uh, show, obviously, but next weekend will be a pre-recorded message, the best of contending for the faith. So we decided that we didn't want to do two weeks away in a row. And Dr. Buckner asked me if I would consider uh, providing a message tonight. And I really felt the Lord leading me to say yes this time. So here we are. I have a question for you. Do you have difficult people in your life? Can you bring somebody to mind who has gone past your last nerve to do a tap dance on your reserve nerve? Is it a coworker? or a boss? Is it your neighbor next door whose dog is always pooping on your lawn? 
Is it that new couple at church who is always sitting in your spot? Maybe it's a close family member or even your spouse from time to time. It seems to me that we have never lived in a more divisive time in our country. It used to be that people could agree to disagree agreeably. But now all of a sudden, if I disagree with you, I'm automatically your enemy. There was a time when people with varying or opposing views could come together and respectfully share their positions. They listened to each other, learned from each other, and even if they never agreed, they could, at the end of the day, go out for coffee and laugh and break bread together. And this brings us to the $25,000 question of the day. How do we love the unlovable? Someone once said the job would be easy if it weren't for the people. You may be thinking of that difficult person right now, and you may be asking yourself the question, why should I worry about loving this knucklehead? Why should I give a rip about this annoying, irksome person who keeps me reaching for the bottle of Excedrin? Why, you ask? Why? Because Jesus said so. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 43 and 48, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. What do I do? What does loving the unlovable look like? How do I go about making this happen? Well, let me say the first step in Matthew is in Matthew 5, 44, where it says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You know, on this broadcast, we are always talking about prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So when you think about how do I love the unlovable, the first step is prayer. A whole lot more praying needs to go on when it comes to our interactions with difficult people in our lives. Years ago, when I worked for the school district, I had a supervisor, a brand new supervisor came. And this person drove everybody out of their minds. It was incredible. And you know, I believed at the time that I was a patient person. I got along with everybody. Nobody could ruffle my feathers, except this person who came in. And every day I left this person's office, I was infuriated, I was angry, and I was upset. And I said, this is not me. I'm normally easygoing. 
things don't bother me like this, particularly people, but this individual could press all of my buttons. And I had to think about this. How was I going to deal with this person? What was I going to do? And I, hold, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me in a quiet voice one day and said, well, have you considered praying for him? I'm thinking, what? You gotta be kidding. But I began to pray for this man. And over time, God answered that prayer. Things changed between us. Our relationship improved. God did a work. And it was an amazing thing. And it's interesting, interesting to note that soon after I was promoted out of that department and moved upstairs into a different office. And several of my colleagues moved into the previous department with this individual. And I'll never forget one day, one of them came knocking on my door and they said, Gary, how did you work with this person? How do you do it? I don't understand, it's driving me crazy. And the only thing I could say is, is laugh and said, you know what? And this person was a Christian as well. And I said, God is working to teach you how to love the unlovable. And we had a nice conversation and left. And then another individual who was also a Christian, who was also now in that department, came knocking on my door and said, Gary, how do you deal with this person? And they had the same issue. And I, again, I told them, God is working to teach us how to love the unlovable. Do you not know that the Bible says we are to pray for our leaders and those who are in authority over us, whether they're our supervisors, whether our governmental leaders? God says, pray for your leaders. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Then in verse 2, it says, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. Romans 13 and 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. God is saying that he has established authorities and that we should be praying for those authorities. When's the last time you prayed for your boss? When's the last time you prayed for your supervisor? When's the last time you prayed for the governor, the mayor, the president? We're supposed to be praying for those in authority. What about the police department, the fire department, those in authority that God has placed in our lives? It's interesting that in recent years, we have seen a noticeable, a noticeable shift in our culture in favor of defunding established authorities. Now, the result of which has been nothing short of catastrophic there are some areas where crime has become so out of control that they are asking for the National Guard to come in and intervene. Without the authorities God has established 
We have a society plagued by lawlessness, chaos, and anarchy. God has put authorities on the planet to create order and protection, not to stop people from enjoying life. Yet people will argue that there are bad and corrupt individuals in law enforcement. There are bad people in positions of authority and on and on and on. Yet do we defund and shut down hospitals for having a bad doctor or a bad administrator? Because of one bad teacher or school board official, do we defund and shut down the entire educational system? There are good and bad in every occupation on the planet. Every occupation should be subject to accountability and standards. But we know that there are good and bad in every area and all aspects of what goes on on this planet, including law enforcement, including within the realm of the authorities. God has called us to pray for our authorities not eradicate or dismantle them. When we are challenged by having to love the unlovable, we need to ask ourselves, what is God trying to teach us? What is God trying to teach me? I know for myself, being in that position with that particular supervisor, God was showing me that I wasn't as patient as I thought I was. God was stretching and helping me to realize that, you know, you, have a, you still have some ways to go. There's still rough edges that need to be polished. And sometimes we need to stop looking outwardly and take a look inwardly, you know, do a checkup from the neck up and say, God, what are you trying to teach me through this situation, through this uncomfortable interaction, dealing with this person on a day-in, day-out basis? What, am I, what are you trying to teach me? How am I supposed to love this person? God often uses difficult people in our lives to grow us and refine us. Finally, we are extremely prone to see people as our enemy. Paul writes in Ephesians 6, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The real enemy is the enemy of our souls who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. One of the enemy's greatest tactics is to keep our eyes focused on people. We can easily get mad at people or groups of people, not realizing that there is a spirit at work in the background, influencing their behavior and dominating their lives. It's always this group versus that group, the patriarchy versus the matriarchy, black against white, Republican versus Democrat, you name it, the list goes on and on and on. Let's keep everybody polarized and prepared to die whatever their proverbial hill of the day is. 
divide, divide, and divide. That's the enemy's battle cry as he has a field day generating hate in our lives. When we recognize the enemy at work in people's lives, we can take authority and pray that God would set that person free and that the strongholds in that person's life will be broken. One of the most important things to remember when it comes to loving the unlovable is that the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All means all of us too. Romans 3.10.12 says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Sin is not a respecter of race, origin, or gender. It doesn't care how old you are, and no one born into this world with the exception of Jesus is immune from it. But I've got good news for you tonight. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners... While we were completely unlovable, Christ died for us. If you are within the sound of my voice and you know that you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, tonight is your opportunity to move from the unlovable to being loved and saved by Jesus Christ. Repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I'm in an unlovable state, but Lord God, you said you loved me in spite of me. And I ask you into my heart tonight, and I receive your forgiveness, I receive your grace, and I thank you for welcoming me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back with more of Contender for the You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Uh, with your host, the area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Darrell Buckner. Dr. Buckner is away from uh, uh, contending for the faith tonight. He's uh, taking a time, a little bit of time off. And uh, so he asked me to fill in tonight. And so I'm flying solo. So please pray for me. Um, we're excited to hear from you tonight. Our phone lines are open. You can give us a call. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 So don't be shy. Pick up the phone if you have questions or comments for us. If you heard the message tonight and want to discuss the message, uh, give us a call. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And once again, you know, we've been on the air for a very long time. 
And we just really appreciate all of you who have been praying for contending for the faith. We are a prayer-driven ministry, and we know those prayers that you are sending up are making the difference. Their lives are being touched for time and eternity because your prayers are affecting uh, so many people who are listening to the broadcast. Keep those prayers going up. We need consistent prayers. And in addition to consistent prayers, we need you to be consistent in giving. This is a listener-supported ministry, and you guys have done an amazing job of keeping us on the air for so long. We so appreciate so many faithful listeners who have partnered with us financially to provide for this ministry. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon, California, that's 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to Contending Faith. That's ContendingFaith.org, ContendingFaith.org. And click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. And we always say, you know, Dr. Buckner and I, we receive no payment for what we do. Everything that we receive goes back into the ministry to cover airtime. And so we know that your funds are doing the work of the Lord. That's all they're doing. They're going nowhere else. And we believe that one day you'll stand before God and he's going to tell you, turn around and look. And you'll see a vast multitude of people. You're going to ask the Lord, who are these people? And God's going to say, these are people who made it into the kingdom as a result of your giving. Because you were generous and gave to ministries like Contending for the Faith and others, people heard the word of God. Someone accepted Christ. Someone shared Christ. Someone shared the gospel. There was a ripple effect. More and more people were touched. And the result is a multitude of people that entered into the kingdom. So just want to encourage you tonight that whatever you give makes a difference. And, and when you pray for contending for the faith, it also makes an extreme difference. All right, so right now, we're going to go to uh, the phone calls. We have uh, Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, are you there? Hello, Brother Rick. I guess maybe we lost him. Brother Rick. All right. Right now, let's go to uh, Sister Sophia. Are you there? Brother Gary, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, good, you're there. I thought oh, I was yes, going to be... of course I'm here. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of very... Uh, to fill the shoes of Dr. Buckner. They're very large shoes, but you did a masterful job, and you're fabulous, so everybody was praying for you because you really, you really hit the mark tonight. And... It is such an important um, subject that you chose. Now, I wanted to mention, uh, every day I say, a lot of people say it's called the Lord's Prayer. Other people say the Disciples' Prayer. But I always repeat it. 
It says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So I was wondering, is that the same thing? You know, in other words, we're called to, we're not going to be forgiven if we hold on against other people. Is it the same subject matter? I would say so, because, you know, if we are dealing with people that we consider tough to love, mm -hmm. at some point, there's going to potentially be an offense, right? There's a reason why they're difficult, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we would prefer not to be around them, but they, because they say things and they do things that are abrasive. They say things and they do things that maybe are controversial or insulting. And at that, at that juncture, what are you going to do? Are you going to forgive or are you going to take offense? And so it's a challenge every day when we have to deal with different people from all walks of life. And you never know what's going on in a person's life either. Why are they behaving that way? Did, did they just lose someone? Did something terrible happen to them in their childhood? You know, a lot of things we just, we can't assume that, you know, they're just being a pain in the neck because that's how they are. God is patient with us and we need to be patient and forgiving as well. Because as you mentioned, you know, we want forgiveness. Look at how much God has forgiven us, oh. right? My goodness. You know, when I think about it, I can't help but want to forgive because the last thing I want to do is make my Heavenly Father angry mm -hmm. and so disrespectful as to not forgive. You know, it reminds me of that, that parable where that particular servant had that massive debt forgiven, you know. And then he turns around and tries to choke out one of his um, other servants who owed, only owed a pittance, right? I mean, we've been forgiven so much. How could we not but forgive others? Right? If we can't forgive, then we need we really need a spiritual checkup from the neck up, right? Because that's to me that's one of the things that I consider non-negotiable. Christians, if you call yourself a child of God and you're unable to forgive, there's a problem. Right? You need to go before the Lord and you need to ask forgiveness and ask the Holy Spirit uh, to break that wall down, to break that stronghold down because you need to be able to forgive. Now, I'm not saying forget because uh -huh. there's been some things done to people and God has not called you to put yourself back into any of those terrible situations. But he's called us to forgive. He's called us to, to respond as he would. So I think you're right on the nose in terms of the Lord's Prayer and that, that particular aspect of working with unlovable folks. Well, thank you so much, and as Dr. Buckner would say, you really hit a home run tonight. And it's also, the, when you say, there but the grace, for the grace of God go I, isn't that the same type of thing? We never know, as you say, what could be in someone else's love, and it could be us that we're, we're angry at when, when we're angry at someone else because we don't know what they're going through. So isn't that the same thing, too? Yes. And, you know, we, you know, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Oh, you know, that's true. 
sin is a is a level playing field you know everybody has sin and until we encounter our savior we're all headed in the same direction and that's straight to hell there's only one way off that road and that's through jesus christ he's the one that's extending his hand and saying hey you know what you're on the titanic you you might want to get off (laughs) there's an iceberg coming your way right get off now here's my hand i'm extending you a, a life preserver because I'm your savior. I will grab hold of it and hold on to it. Hold up. You got to make that choice, though. Yes. He's offering all the time. But it's up to us to make that choice. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anyone. You know, because love love always demands free will and choice. God could have created us like robots and programmed us to love. But that's not real love, is it? No. He gave everyone a choice. He gave Sophia a choice. He said, Sophia, won't you love me? And you said, yes. And that pleased God because it was your choice. You chose to love him. Even though you don't see him, you believe him. You believe he exists. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you believe that he is and that he loves you more than you can even imagine. So, you know, I, I you're, you're right on the money, Sister Sophia. So well, I don't know if I am, but I know you are. And as they say, you know the expression, you really took us to church tonight. So thank you so much, Brother Gary. And I pray um, for you and contending for the faith. And I love you and Dr. Buckner so much. Well, thank you. Appreciate you as well. Thank you for the encouragement. You know, you never know as you're preparing. When God gives you something, you just got to trust that it's what he wants you to give. Mm-hmm. Hope, hope that uh, it blesses those that it's meant to. So I appreciate your prayers and your kind words, as always. Good night. There... All right. Take care. I will. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Uh, looks like there was another caller. Um I don't see a name, but the person wants to uh, has a question and uh, a comment. Are you there? Hello. Hello. How you are you? Sally. Oh, is it Sally? Okay, they didn't put the name in the chat. I'm sorry, Sally. Well, maybe it's someone else. That would be fine. I was hoping that Rick could get it back on. Oh, please. I wish you could give. We give. Sophia a, a spiritual hug because she is a very precious gem in God's jewels. Oh, she, just, sure, is. she is such an encouragement, such a blessing, such a sweetheart. Oh, my word. You know, Dr. Buck and I are always talking about, you know, various folks and Sophia is one of them and we really appreciate her kind words and her comments and her support for the ministry and it's just a delight and a blessing. Well, that isn't what I called about. Oh, I had okay. a call, be, be, I, I told, uh, oh dear, I forgot his name already, the uh, call screener, uh, that uh, you really rang a bell today. I appreciate oh. that. I got a call from a friend who I met at church, and we've been friendly, and she's 
not as forgiving of one church as against another. I just am thankful for my one church, and I stay there, and I expect God to give me a blessing. And so I've been through three pastors, and uh, each one has been different, so I haven't had to move. But she called, and she was so irate because I sent her a pamphlet on a man who was a very, very excellent physician and very prominent uh, uh, in recent years in politics. And she said, he's a liar. He's a liar. And she went on, and she was so, so upset. And, of course, as a fellow Christian, I I told her that I would not send her anything like that again, that I was sorry that it upset her. And, and uh, I just prayed for her after I hung up. And I, I, we are we are calling everybody liars. You know, having lived over 90 years, I have never heard people call just normal, average people liars. It is so 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 frustrating because when I was five, my mother made it very, uh, as a Christian, she did, very plain that lying was the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when I was seven, I accepted Christ as my Savior because I agreed that I had as much sin as anybody else did, and I needed Jesus in my heart. So you have any comments about, again, I think, like you said, praying for uh, praying that we might speak the truth in love. That is not easy. Any comments on that? I mean, you know, again, your example is, uh, in alignment with what we talked about tonight, you know, how do you deal with difficult people and how do you uh, respond in these areas? Because we don't know what's going on in that person's life or what what created this kind of anger and, and animosity. And, um, you know, as Christians, we need to be able to forgive we also need to be able to recognize that everybody, um, uh, there are folks at different levels of maturity as well, right? These were uh, both so, uh, the same color, by the way. Okay. They were, they were the same race. Yeah, yeah. Well, but when it comes to being uh, mature, maturity uh, does not necessarily come with age. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reality. And some people, um, even though they may claim to be Christians and maybe they've been a Christian for 40 years, um, they don't have emotional maturity and they don't have uh, biblical maturity either. You know, sometimes people have been allowed to get away with certain behaviors all their life. And they respond the same way with anger and vehemence and take you to task because nobody's ever called them on it. Uh, And so you may have a situation like that, you know, but at the end of the day, you can't control what other people are doing and saying you can pray for them. And that's what I encourage. Uh, Why did God put this person in your life, right? Uh, You thought you were doing a good thing by, you know, sending them something that was, you thought was useful, but it wasn't received well for whatever reason. 
and I understood her her uh, well I don't understand her point but I but uh I was actually glad that she called me because she vented her steam and maybe she maybe she would be you know calm down and and rethink something or like you say immediately praying for her because I can't help her only the Lord Jesus can to, right. to kind of solve solve her frustration maybe it's her yeah. yeah but you know you had to you're the one that had to receive all that noise um and you know we often the enemy comes at us through people as well to discourage us um, to upset us and it's really important i think as well that you know every day you put on that full armor right one of the things that i've noticed about um, the Christian walk that a lot of times people don't talk about very much is the aspect that we are at war and we do have an enemy and that God has called us to in essence put your war clothes on every day because you don't know when the enemy is going to raise up you don't know when he's going to use people to come at you and you know Paul writes, put on the full armor, Ephesians 6, right? Amen. The loins, your loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness firmly in place, your feet shod, the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace, and above all, taking what? The shield of faith, for which you shall be able to quench those fiery darts of the evil one, taking up the helmet of salvation and sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. So when you know, people will, will fire on us. The, the enemy will use people and fling those fiery darts at us. But we hold up that shield of faith and they are put out, Psst, right? They're put out. We recognize that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. We recognize that God has called us to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. We recognize that we have not been given a spirit by which to fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. We recognize that God loved us while we were yet sinners and has called us to be able to love. Scripture says that the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And so sometimes we have to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the ability to love people like that, even when we can't. Even when we don't understand, sometimes the Holy Spirit can give us what we need in that moment. You, you mentioned you mentioned the sound mind, and you know mm -hmm. I I don't have any antagonism against what she did. I felt badly that I upset her, and I you know I chose to send her something that I that I didn't really think would would. Um, would be a no-no, but right now it's a no-no, and so I just, I, God gives a sound mind because we study the scripture, and Sophia and I know that when we read the scripture, you know, those those things, the, 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 the armor of God, when you read the Old Testament, you keep running into those words all the time, and I say, oh Lord, these men who are in the New Testament, knew their Old Testament very, very well. Jesus knew the Old Testament very well, and how much encouragement it must have been to them. And when we read the Old Testament, we say it's got to be true,
because the Lord Jesus taught us how to put on the armor. And and it's a spiritual armor, and it's really, you know, I, right now my health is bad, and I couldn't wear one piece of armor. But God's spirit is, it, it's, it, the armor is, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of silly to say this, but it's kind of weightless. You know, it's like carrying around a burden that doesn't wear weight any well, doesn't doesn't weigh anything. I'm babbling. I better let you go back to talking. <laughs> You're doing just fine. Thank you so much for your call. Can we be praying for you over any issues? Oh, over everything because I'm my health is not good at 93, and I I am so well, glad that I'm a Christian because it really helps. You sound wonderful for 93. Well, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for our sister Sally tonight. We pray, Lord God, that you would touch her from the crown of her head to the tip of her toes and bring strength, restoration, wholeness. We pray, Lord God, also that you would just give her your comfort over the situation. And uh, we pray for this woman that she had this altercation with, that that person would find your peace, Lord God that that anger would be abated, Lord God, that you would convict her of sin and righteousness, Lord God, and that, Lord God, you would bring peace to the situation. We thank you for Sister Sally. We pray for her health and strength. We pray that you meet all of her needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. All right. Well, it looks like we better take a quick commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. The number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X at one 367 We'll be right back with more Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now. 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Dr. Buckner, who is not here tonight. And I'm filling in for the entire show tonight. My name is Gary Bell. Um, we just want to once again thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Uh, it's such an honor to every week be able to minister over these airways. Uh, we just want to remind you next week, um, Dr. Buckner and I both will be out of the studio, but we will be bringing you a pre-recorded Best of Contending for the Faith uh, next Saturday and the following week, we'll, we both will be back. Uh, so once again, uh, we're just so thankful for all of you who have been faithful in prayer and faithful in giving to Contending for the Faith. There's two ways you can donate, just a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. But the best way is simply go online to contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, time is passing quickly. And so we want to get back to our callers. Uh, Brother Rick on line one, are you there? We got you back. Yes, ma'am. How about yourself? All right. You did Thanks. I hear you loud and clear. Great, great. I'm glad you made it back on. I was worried we weren't going to be able to get you. 
So what's up? What's your question? Yeah, I just want, I just want to mention that um, one of the things that one of the things I've learned being a Christian, I am a sinner. I have my faults. There are times I, there are times I really trip up. And one one of the things we have is if we confess our sins, we're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. So the point the point the point is as Christians, we still have our faults. I think one of the big keys is not to act like we we don't have faults. That's right. And uh, that that's something that's a challenge in our churches. And and one of the things one of the things I one of the things I learned early early in, in my uh, Christian experience, I was at another church, and one one of the ideas I had was why don't we go to the gay community, sit in their uh, coffee houses, and just uh, let let them see our faces, and then we have a conversation. Mm hmm. And. The church, the church, the church really got angry when I mentioned that. And I said, our, our, "Our job is to our, our job is to reach out to people." That's right. And and, and, and one of the big ways is uh, through through a friendship type of evangelism. That's and right. That's you know, big... we have, we have given the great commission, not the great suggestion. You know, God has yeah. called us, and us to go in to go. And make disciples, not to sit. Whatever people we meet, right? We get a chance to talk, talk to them. So true, brother. And, and it makes a big difference. Another lesson I learned is that even though I, I, I became very bright in theology, one one of the big lessons I learned was um, be personable. Be personable right. with people. That's and right. That makes a difference. Also. That makes a difference, also. And well, it's really, really, build relationships with people to listen to people. So the relationship is very important mm -hmm. because, like what happened with the church at Ephesus, they were doctrinally strong, but the relationship level was very poor. Mm -hmm. And that 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 was. What was that's where God uh, was uh, displeased with them. And our, and our challenge is to build up the relationships. And, and make sure, like, when we go to church, we say hello to people. That's right. Yeah. We, have, we, to we have to let people see our walk. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have perfect walks, but at least uh, have, something, have something that is there. Well, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you should be authentic. That I think is a very big. That's a, that's a key word. That's You're right. Authentic. I have my faults, and I know I know people I have on both world both worlds, Christian and non-Christian, have their faults right. too, and they well, may be hurting at some level. That's right. That's so, right. None of none of us are perfect, and you know none of us should ever pretend to be but we're all saved by grace it's not a works list any of us should boast excuse me for a second so do you have a 
prayer request tonight, something we can be praying for you about. What's that? Said, uh, do, you, do you have a prayer request tonight? Is there something? I know you're in the midst of a move. Yeah, give, give me the strength to carry on with the move. Give me the strength to make decisions. And, uh, and, 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 and that everything goes well with the move. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick tonight. We ask, Lord God, that as he's in the midst of uh, moving, that you would just complete this move successfully, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would just create a smooth situation, Lord God, that you'd remove the stress from the situation. And we pray, Lord God, that you give Brother Rick peace in the midst of everything that's going on. Sometimes moves can be chaotic and a little stressful and crazy. But Lord God, we pray that you would just smooth this move, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Give him strength, give him uh, vitality, give him a positive outlook and encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Brother Rick. We appreciate God your bless. call. God bless. All right. So we had a, uh, Alfred called earlier and had a question, and his question was regarding a having a thorn in the flesh. We know that the Apostle Paul talked about that, that he had a thorn in the flesh to, to buffet him. And it was a, the reason for, for that thorn was he had seen things that weren't lawful for men to see. And God basically was humbling him. And so when I think about a thorn in the flesh, and Alfred says, do we all have a thorn in the flesh? Well, you know, sometimes God does uh, certain things allow certain things in our life to get our attention or to humble us um, that we would walk in humility and much love and to, I won't categorically say everybody has a thorn in the flesh but I will say that God has a, has a way of keeping us all alright well we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast and uh, we would like to thank Colin, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Uh, please keep us in your prayers until next time. And we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, dialogue with Dr. Buckner, with, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.